Welcome to the Tea Unfiltered Podcast. My name is Brianna Dean and I'm your host. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Linda Sunshine West. Linda, I'm going to let her tell you everything about herself because she has a lot of awesome titles, but her story starts whenever she was only five years old. She ran away from home. Linda, can you start telling us a little bit about yourself um, starting whenever you were just five years old? Yeah, thank you for having me. It's interesting because, you know, starting off with that topic right there, running away at five years old, I was gone for an entire week and you yourself have a six-year-old daughter. So can you imagine her being gone for a week? Like how steer crazy it would make you and you'd be like just hysterical. Well, my mom didn't come to get me when I was gone. I was just at the neighbor's house. So I was safe. Yeah. Yeah. And, And she knew I was there, but I didn't know she knew I was there. So what ended up happening In my little five-year-old brain, I started creating a new story. And the story was that they didn't come to get me because they don't love me and they don't want me around. And so that that five-year-old one week in my life shaped many decades to come in my life, my belief that people didn't want me around and didn't love me. And so it was a pivotal piece of my story, you know, that starts way back then. So why did you run away? Do you remember? Well, I grew, yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly the exact reason, yeah. but I, I grew up in a very volatile, abusive, alcoholic household. My dad was a raging alcoholic and my mom was an enabler. You know, she would enable his, his um, personality. And I guess just, I finally got sick of it. And I said, you know, I'm running out away. I'm not going to live in this environment, you know? And so one thing I like, love to stress about this is that how at such a young age, we are smart we have knowledge, we have information inside of us, but we're so young that we don't act on it. You know, I acted on it because I had a safe place to go. If I didn't have a safe place to go, I probably wouldn't have gone, but I did my neighbors. You know, I, I used to go play Barbies at my neighbor's house all the time. And so I probably just decided to stay, you know, but realizing that I, I didn't want in that environment. I didn't want to live in that environment with my dad. And so that's why I just ran away that day was the, like, you know, how sometimes it's something just snaps and you're like, I'm out. Like that was, (laughs) that was my day. Yeah. So when I was a kid, there were a few times where I said I was going to run away and I maybe ran back in the woods for an hour, but (laughs) I wasn't going long. And I remember one time also I locked myself in the bathroom and I said that I'm just going to live in here. But then all the water you need, (laughs) neither of those lasted long at all. And I I, I had nowhere safe to go. I would have probably been living in the woods or something. Cause if I would have went somewhere else, they would have brought me back home, you know? So how did your mom know Did the neighbor tell her? And then, yeah, I found out later, many, many, many years later, my mom told me the story about, you know, I didn't remember running away at five. 
because it was such a traumatic experience for me. Wow. And I shoved a lot of my, uh, my childhood down and even to the, to the age of 12, I don't remember hardly anything leading up to the age of 12, but why 12? Cause you know, that's when I'm like six, six and seventh grade. I'm having, you know, friends I'm having a, like, I'm liking boys and, and all that stuff. That's what I remember is that part of my life, not my home life. And, mm -hmm. and so, um, what my mom told me is that the, the neighbor did tell her that I was there. And my mom said I could go ahead and stay there, you know, and, you know, stay there for a day is like what she thought it was going to be. They had no idea it was going to be seven days. And that was going to take my mom calling the neighbor and saying, she's been gone long and long enough. You can send her home now, you know, after seven days, like I would have stayed there forever. Yeah. Yeah. So your mom called and was like, it's time for you to come home. And that's the point where you came home. That's when I came home and that's when I became riddled with fears. You know, I was so terrified of my dad, absolutely terrified that he was going to hurt me. He never did, but I still had that fear. My dad was, um, he would abuse my mom and everything I did, my mom took the brunt of it. You know, so I had this tremendous amount of guilt. I'm one of five kids. I'm number four. And all of us, we found out after my dad passed, we found out that every single one of us had the same fear in relation to that. It's like, you know, mom took a beating anytime I did something wrong, you know, so we all felt that, that guilt and stuff, but I became riddled with fears and I became a people pleaser. And that was, you know, cause I was always wanting to please my dad, do everything that my mom wouldn't get in trouble for, you know? So that's how I um, just started my journey, my, my youngster journey and became an amazing people pleaser. I was really good at it. So tell me what your life was like in your early twenties, maybe mid twenties, even before you turned 30, cause I'm about to be 30 this month. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you one thing that I've been saying in my mind, my twenties weren't horrible, but I want my thirties to be so much more better. So, yeah. you know, kind of give me an idea of where you were at that point in your life. I love, first of all, that you're even thinking about that because I didn't even think about that until I was 51. So congratulations on having a jump on that, a jump start. Thank you. Because you know, once we, once we start to have that awareness, just even that we're thinking along that way, it helps us to pave the way to a better life. It's natural because you're looking for the better things. You're looking for having a better life. You're looking for that. And for me, it didn't even open up like that door didn't even open in my mind until 51. But age 20, um, 21, I had two little babies. You know, I, I got pregnant when I was 19 and my mom told me I had to get married. So I married my, the guy, you know, the, the dad of my, the father of my first child. Mm -hmm. And then, um, shortly after that, 13 months later, we had our second child. So we had two little babies, uh, you know, um, a newborn and a 13 month old. And then one month later, after my daughter was born, she was four weeks old. I literally walked out on my husband. So I'm 21 years old. I have two little babies. You know, there was a 14 month old, a four week old. I had a diaper bag over one shoulder and then I had my purse over the other one. And I literally walked out because I didn't have a car. So I walked out. Wow. I realized hard at 20, was that? well, you know what? And here's the thing is like, sometimes you know, people will say, wow, that was really brave that you did that. Cause my ex-husband was just like my dad, a very abusive you know, verbally abusive, mostly, um, not as much physically abusive as my dad was, but 
that verbal stuff, man, it's stuck in my head. And the negativity that I believed about myself, all the bad things I believed about myself, a lot of it stemmed from that just two short years that I was with my first husband. So when I walked out on him, people say, wow, that was brave. But when I look at it, I actually see two different things that were going on. I had two fears. My fear of staying with him was if I stay with him, I'm going to live my mom's life. That was a fear. Then I had the fear on the other side. The fear was if I leave him, I don't know what's going to happen. Can it be worse? Right. So I had two different fears going on at the same time. So what I did is I looked at that and I realized my fear of staying was stronger than my fear of leaving. And so the, I was able to gather up that, that strength and courage to walk on, walk out on him and not know what was coming up. And I'm so glad I did because that was, that was a huge stand that I took for myself. You know, I don't want to live my mom's life. Yeah. I even said that to my mom at one point, it's like, I'm, I'm leaving him because I don't want to live this life because my mom hated her life. Yeah. Wow. So where, what happened from there? Where did you go? Did you stay with family? I did. Um, my parents lived close to us. So I walked home, you know, to my parents' house to stay with them for a little while until I was able to kind of get on my feet and, you know, pay rent for my own self. In the meantime, my ex-husband was staying in our apartment and didn't pay any rent, didn't pay any utilities and all that stuff was under my name. So I took the brunt of, you know, financially, I took that hit on that. And, um, I ended up paying back all of his debt after about four months, they finally kicked him out. He moved back home to Ohio. I'm in California. And so, so he moved back home to live with his mother. And in the meantime, I'm, um, you know, here raising these two little kids in, in this apartment. And so I did that for about three and a half years. You know, I, I moved out of, I lived with my parents for a little while, then moved on my own, lived there for about three and a half years. And then I ended up at 25, I ended up meeting somebody who would become my soulmate. I had no idea at that time, but uh, my husband, I've been with him for 35 years now. And it's been, I know it's like, you hardly ever hear about that (laughs) anymore. Right. And, and just, just so happy. Like we love each other and, and it, you know, it's kind of interesting because I didn't believe I deserved it at the beginning, you know, cause he was too good yeah. for me. He was way too good. And then after about three years of dating him, I finally started to say, you know what? I do deserve this. And it's, I kept on looking for it to get bad, you know, like all my other relationships, they started off good and then got bad and it never got bad. And here we are 35 years later. So in my twenties, you know, things were rocky. There was a lot of, there were a lot of ups and downs, but a lot of that was just me me learning how to, to jump into things that I wanted to do, you know, to kind of discover that for myself. And there was a lot of jumping into different things because I didn't know what I wanted or liked because I was a people pleaser. I spent my life pleasing others, not myself, you know? So how did you overcome all of those mindset blocks? Yeah. Yeah. What, what were you able to accomplish by doing so? Oh man. Well, so first, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier that I became riddled with fears when I was five years old. And even though, you know, walking out on my husband was brave again, it was two fears that I was facing. And I found that a lot of my life was kind of, that was kind of the dichotomy is I had a fear of staying and a fear of leaving. And so I would just choose the fear that was less, you know, the lesser fear. 
And, and so as I've made my way, you know, through my life, it, it was at age 51. Now, by this time, I had been in the workforce in the corporate world for 36 years. And of those 36 years, I had 49 jobs, 49 wow. jobs. Yeah. Lots of job hopping. Because How'd I got you keep four. track of the number? <laughs> yeah. I actually, one year, I, one year I got eight W2s. Like I had, I had to make a list. So I'd make sure I got all those before I could file my taxes, you know, but um, I actually counted them because I was going to be speaking at an event. I was going to be talking about transition. Yeah. 49 jobs is a lot of transition. And so, oh, yeah. yeah. So I was like, I got to go count. I got to go figure out how many jobs I had. So I can really like talk to transition, like not just talk about it, but talk to it, you know? So I did count them all 49 jobs, but that 49th job was working for a judge in the ninth circuit court of appeals. I had been a legal secretary for 20 years and I worked my way up that ladder. And at age 51, I was driving to work one day. I remembered it was August of 2014. I'm driving myself to work. And I was like, Oh my God, I hate this job too. Like this like, when is this ever going to stop? Am I ever going to find the job I love, you know? And, yeah. um, I ended up hiring a life coach. I worked with her for about five months. And at the end of that five months, I had this realization that I needed to work for myself. I need to try, try having my own business to see if that will work, you know? So I left that job working for that judge and I ended up um, becoming an entrepreneur trying to figure out, you know, who I am, what I'm all about and who do I serve and how do I make money serving those people? And it's been an incredible up and down journey. And what I didn't share is that um, after working with my life coach, again, I worked with her for five months. After that, I had this, this um, lots of, lots of realizations came during that five months, by the way. And one of those was that fear was controlling my life. I had such tremendous yeah. fear that like, even though I had all those jobs and had to go through all those job interviews, you know, my fear of staying on those jobs was stronger than my fear of leaving, but fear controlled me. I didn't talk to people when I would go uh, to events. I would just kind of like stand in the corner on my phone. I didn't want to talk to anybody, have any conversations because I was too scared. What would they think of me? What am I going to say? Maybe I'm going to embarrass myself my fear of judgment was so strong. So January 1st of 2015, I woke up that morning and I said, I have so many fears. I'm going to break through a fear every day this year. And I embarked on that journey of breaking through one fear every single day, 365 days in a row. That was the most growth I have ever experienced in my entire life. And I'm so glad I did it because everything I'm doing today, everything I'm doing today is a result of breaking through those fears that year. What were some of the fears that you broke through? That's a lot of fears and how is, were yeah. you able to conquer one in an, an entire day? Because I'll tell you some of the stuff you're saying really resonates with me, especially about like trying to find my way and transitioning through jobs and figuring out like what, um, I'm meant for and how I serve people. So sometimes you get hung up on one obstacle and it takes you a long time to conquer that fear. Yeah. And that's so true. So for me, it was a commitment. So I, I made this commitment 
that every morning, this is what it looked like. Every morning when I wake up, I'm going to ask myself what scares me. And then I'm going to lay in bed and I'm going to wait until the very first fear pops into my head. This is the conversation I was having with myself back then, January 1st of 2015. And then my commitment, because this is not a new year's resolution. This is a new year's commitment. This is a yeah. commitment to change my life. I have to break through that fear that day because I can't stack them up. Otherwise I would never accomplish it. And so fortunately, and, and it was like, no matter what the fear was, this was my commitment. Fortunately, not a single one of those fears cost me money. It was like, there was no jumping out of planes, bungee, bungee jumping, eating bugs. <laughs> it wasn't any of those things. Yeah. Those things, um, they do scare me, but they weren't the ones that popped into my head. So mm -hmm. a fear, like I can remember some of them. I remember just clear as day because they were so weird and random. One of those was um, talk to a stranger in a Starbucks. Wow. I just don't talk to strangers. I was too scared. And yeah. so I, I approached the Starbucks that morning. I went in there and I, I walked up to this man and I said, um, excuse me, sir, I'm breaking through a fear every day, you know, this year. And my fear today is to talk to a stranger in a Starbucks. Do you mind if I have a seat? Wow. It, yeah. It was, it was like, you think about it. Some people be like, what's the big deal? Yeah. Well, to me, it was a big deal. It was a yeah. huge deal. So I sat down with him, talked to him for about five minutes, thanked him for his time, got up and walked out. And I felt like throwing up. Like I was so sick to my stomach that I did it, but I did it. Yeah. That was, that was the thing is that I was proud of myself. Another one was, um, go to a restaurant by yourself. And when they ask how many you party say only one, like one, and then, or, or going to a movie theater by myself, go watch a movie by myself, go, go shopping, go clothing shopping, you know, by myself. Um, talk to when, when I go to a networking event, like I knew I was going to a networking event. Well, those, a lot of those days go to the networking event and start a conversation, meet two new people. Like these were the fears. So what I realized is like about six months through it, I asked myself a question. It's like, what's the common theme between these fears? Like, what is my overarching fear? There's gotta be one thing. And it was that fear of judgment. What yeah. will they think of me? what will they think of me? What's cool about this, Brianna, is because now that I knew what my overarching fear was, I could work on it. And that's like that awareness, right? Now I have awareness that that judgment is my greatest fear. This is great information to be armed with because now I can tackle one fear and that is the fear of judgment. So that now, now today, anytime I do anything, I have zero fear of judgment. I have worked through that, but it took, it took a lot of work to get there. It took a lot of awareness to no longer let that control me, you know? So my life has shifted so much because a lot of the things that I'm doing are things that I never even would have imagined me doing, let alone actually doing them. Like one of the, I'll give you a couple examples. Cause these are some of my favorite examples. I, um, I interviewed the president of Mexico, the country in his wow. presidential suite. Exactly. Right. <laughs> that was like my, my Oprah Winfrey moment. You know, I'm interviewing a president in his presidential suite. Yeah. That wouldn't have happened had I not broken through those fears. I guarantee it. Cause I wouldn't have met the people that I met that connected me with that 
that's that an incident incident. Yeah. I have a question about that. Yeah. Was it something that you said one day I wanted to interview this person or was it just something that naturally fell into your path? Kind of both. So it fell into my path. And then I said like, Ooh, I want to interview this person. I was, um, I had the honor, you know, through this journey, I've had the honor of connecting with a gentleman who hosts an event. It's like a Forbes number one rated event to attend and like entrepreneur magazine, number one rated event for entrepreneurs to attend. And he became my mentor. So I met him, he became my mentor. And then through that process, about two years after knowing him, I ended up organizing his event. So here I'm organizing this event. And one of our speakers was the president of Mexico. So I just reached out to his secretary and I said, when he's in town, you know, put me on his calendar. I want to interview him. And she said, okay. So it's like, it was, it happened that easily. Yeah. That's crazy. If I didn't ask. It would not have happened. That's true. Happened. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's just a small, like that's one thing I say small, that, that's one of the big things, you know, I've interviewed stars on the red carpet and Wesley Snipes. I had an opportunity to interview him and that, that opportunity actually passed me by. And then I grabbed it back and I took it back. And so there's, um, there's just lots of those kinds of stories of people that I've connected with that are people that I, again, I never would have imagined myself that never would have been even a thought of mine to interview them. But I remember yeah. the one day I'm standing on the red carpet and, um, here was a Jack Canfield, you know, the chicken soup for the soul uh, book series. He's, you know, co-author yeah. of that. He comes walking down the red carpet and I looked at, um, my, I had a friend who was doing the video work for me on this red carpet. And this is at the Academy Awards after party. So it's like a pretty big deal, you know? And, and I'm standing on that red carpet and I looked at that, my videographer and I said, you know what? From now on, I expect to be on the red carpet. Like first I'm like, <laughs> how do I get on the red carpet? And then I'm there like, this is my new life. This is That's my new crazy. life. Yeah. And so I created it. I'm looking at some of the stuff that you sent about yourself and you were the founder and CEO of Action Takers Publishing, a best-selling book publishing expert, speaker, 36 times number one international best-selling author, contributing writer at Entrepreneur Magazine, senior level executive contributed writer sorry, at Brains Magazine, executive film producer and red carpet interviewer. That's a lot of stuff. Those are a lot of really cool titles. Yeah. And when did you start, when did you start your publishing company? Yeah. So the, um, all of those things you just mentioned, again, those all started, you know, during that year of fears that I was breaking through those fears. And, um, it's only been eight years that all of that has happened. And it actually only, it all happened within the first five years. And so yeah. now it just keeps expanding is what's happening. Yeah. And so um, the publishing company was actually kind of on accident. It wasn't, again, it wasn't anything I ever thought I would do. I was never into reading, never interested in it at all. And I've never been a writer, not interested in that either. But back in 2015, when I was breaking through those fears, I ended up meeting you know the gentleman that became my mentor he was putting together a collaboration book where each person writes only one chapter and he invited me to be in that book. And so while I was terrified to do it because I had never done anything like that before, I said, yes. 
And that was like that first door that opened. And uh, so I said yes to that book. And then at the end of the year, 2015, I'm done breaking through all those fears. My mentor says, you need to write a book about it. So I wrote a book called The Year of Fears. And it's you know my, my story, my journey of breaking through those oh, fears every wow. day. Then after that, I said to myself, I was in a book, I wrote a book, what's my next natural state of progression? Because I like to keep growing. And I said, I'm gonna put together my own collaboration book. I'm gonna follow in my foots, the footsteps of my mentor. I'm gonna put together my own collaboration book. So I reached out to some of the people I met on this journey, you know, the founder of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, you know, the inventor of the credit card magnetic strip, like the strip that we use, everybody uses. And um, the, um, the founder of Ugg Boots, and then my mentor. And these are people I met on this journey. And I asked yeah. them if they would be in that book and they all said yes. So That's I was all. like, oh my God, I'm going to be putting together a book with like, these are people I really look up to, you know? And um, so I put together that book and it was a lot of fun. I lost mm-hmm. money on it, but I did it, you know? Yeah. And then at the end of that, I said, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do two more books. And so I put together two more books and those books launched two years ago. So it was just, uh, I know that this is going to be aired whenever it's aired, but it was um, August of 2021 that I published two books, eight days apart. Both of them hit number one international bestseller status in under five hours. Wow. How? That's what I said was, wow, how? (laughs) Well, did you promote it? Um, I mean, did yeah. you open promote it? Yeah, I had yeah, I had a I had a whole like a, a an idea of how we were gonna make it happen. And yeah, you know, I had a team of people who were helping us to promote it, to get it out there, get it sold. And but what that did though, is like eight days apart, two books in under five hours, number one, right? International. And I said, This is it. This is the thing. Like this is my thing. Yeah. Like I love it. I'm doing it. I know what I'm doing, and I'm good at this. I am so good at this. So I stopped everything else I was doing in my business. I was, it was, I had been an entrepreneur for six years trying to figure out how am I going to do this, you know? And so that day that I decided to jump into uh, book publishing full-time and that was it, everything just started boom, taken off. We published 25 number one international best-selling books in under 22 months. Wow. That's awesome. It's been amazing what happens when we find our place. It just happened to take me 58 years to find it. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Cause you know, we all have something that we're meant for. We all have a reason for being here and some people don't live up to their purpose but for those that do and those that find their way and especially when you're able to make it as a career to help others to, and do something that fulfills yourself as well. That is so powerful. That's so powerful. It really is. Love that. Yeah. You know, serving our purpose, you know, once we find our purpose, I, I believe that once we find our purpose, it's our job and duty to live the rest of our life on purpose rather than on accident. Yeah. You know, that's, we actually, we actually have a book we're publishing in uh, November, 2023 called uh, finding your purpose. And it's all about that. It's like, you know, on the search for whatever your purpose is and then living that purpose for the rest of your life, you know? Yeah. So is that another, a book for someone else that you're publishing? 
this that's another collaboration book. We we okay. publish like we have our own collaboration books that we put together. We also have people who have like they have their own community and they want to put together their own collaboration book. We do those, we work with those people as well, as well as solo authors who are publishing their solo books. About 40% of our clients are solo authors and the other 60 is the collaboration, um, the collaboration type books where everybody writes just one chapter. Okay. That's not, that's cool. Yeah. I had someone reach out to me about um, doing a collaboration type book. It's been a while back and I think it kind of fell through, but I just, that's something that I would definitely consider doing one day. I just didn't know where to start, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's what I love about it is that you're bringing community together. You know, I, I love um, hanging around like-minded people and you know, also, you know, people who are thinking outside of the box. That's what I, I love hanging around with. So these books, what they do is because each book is themed and because it's a theme, everybody has the same mindset related to that topic. And so now you're surrounded by people who have like a like mind, you know, and that want to, you know, put their story out there, put their message out there. And that's, that's for me, like, I absolutely love, I love what we do. I can't imagine doing anything else, you know, cause this is, this really like fills my cup big time. Well, it has really filled my cup talking to you. It's been such a joy hearing about you, you and your, you have an amazing story and I'm so happy for you. And I Thank hope you. that your story, I know, I know it will inspire m- many other people. I know I also read your goal is to inspire four to 5 million people. And that's, that's a huge impact. And I wouldn't doubt that you're almost there as much as you put yourself out there and all the work that you just in eight years, look at how much you have accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back at it, you know, as I uh, kind of was a little bit mentioning a little bit earlier is that there was that one day that I realized that uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I have, I experienced so many years, like decades of thinking like, oh, that's for those people. You know, those people are doing this. Those people are doing that. That's because they're the pretty ones. They're the tall ones. They're the skin. I had all these, like everything was for those people. And then one day I had this realization that I have become those people. Yeah. It's it's because I was too busy comparing myself to other people. Yeah. Instead of just being happy with who I am, you know? Yeah. And I I noticed growing up, I was surrounded with people saying stuff like that, like those talking about those people. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, now that I'm older, I see how I can live the life that I want to live. I'm capable of so much more. And I have an empowering story and I haven't shared all my story yet, but I know that I'm here for a reason and I have a heart to help others and to serve others. And I know that I'm going to make a big impact as well. Yeah. I love that. I'm just, I'm so excited for you because you're getting started early with this realization. You know, you have so many years ahead of you to make a grand, grand impact. And, and it's just a matter of keeping focused on that, you know, keeping focused on, on that result that you want to get and the people you want to serve when you know that, that's when they start lining up yeah. to be served, you know. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it.
All right. Bye. Bye. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise and BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then you can get matched with a therapist in as little as 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash unfiltered. That's betterhelp.com slash unfiltered. Everyone, make sure you go subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much, and I hope everyone has a great day.